podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is you're listening or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Evan, and as usual, my good friend, Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Very good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. How's lockdown three treating you? Not that so far. It's just one of them things now, ain't it? We've become accustomed to it now, almost. Um, but yeah, it affects everybody differently. It's just... Just what, just trying to get on with it, as just everyone else is. Trying to get on with it. It's one. Of, it's day number one, though, isn't it? You know what I mean. I remember last time, the first few weeks, I was like, "Hey, this is different. I'll, I'll take this." But six, seven months into it, or however long it went on, it wasn't even that long, were it? To be fair, about five and a half. You're still in lockdown. Still working in your kitchen. Well, I work upstairs now. Um, but oh, the, that's uh, what yeah. I mean. Yeah, nothing's. That's what I was going to get to. Like at first, because there was so much changed. Like I suddenly wasn't working. I weren't even working from home. I suddenly wasn't as a, as a lot of people were. You obviously were, were the same as well. Suddenly, I had, you know, I was going from working six days a week to doing absolutely nothing. Um, and that's obviously why we decided to to do more video and stuff on Turfcast because we had more time. Whereas now I've started working from home, and I've been working from home for the last four months. So yeah, we are back in another lockdown now. But on my side of things. Nothing's actually changed. I'm still just going upstairs to work. All right, I won't be able to go to some shops or whatever. But again, the only shops I've been to is Tesco, and that's still open. So, and nothing much has changed. Um, but yeah, how are you, mate? Then apart from all that, all good, mate. Just uh, excited about obviously the news this week as well. Well, yeah, well, we'll get into that. Obviously, the big news this week. In fact, you know what really annoyed me, Alan, if you're listening? Um, what really annoyed me is we recorded our podcast last Wednesday, wasn't it? And we normally do it on Wednesday, don't we? Uh, so I'm, I, I guess last Wednesday now. Um, and I went in, and I was playing Call of Duty, and I got a text off. I think you said on the on the mark on Call of Duty, or I got a text off maybe Robbie. I got a text off, or Jared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody's, and somebody's like, oh, the takeover's gone through. And I'm like, what? I've literally edited, I were editing while playing on COD and trying to do like a million things at once. And I just had to do that as well. And I'm like, it couldn't have happened at a worse time because obviously we released it then the morning after the podcast and it had zero chat of um, the Alan Pace takeover, the ALK takeover. It had absolutely zero chat of that in there. So I, we do apologise for that. Um, but we were both, you know, pretty much settled in that. We'd already recorded the podcast. So there weren't much we could do, but... Um, to make it up to you all, this podcast is going to be pretty much 98% ALK and um, Alan Pace and the takeover and things like that. But um, before we get into all that, obviously I do want to start off by saying we are, of course, sponsored by Pitch Sport. You can see it at the bottom of your screen now. Um, as usual, uh, it is available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. It is uh, sort of like a fan hub app where you go on and talk to other fans and things like that. Uh, talk to other Burnley fans, fans of other clubs and things like that. You can put your predictions in, put your responses into games, um, print it your lineup, so you can do all sorts on it. It really is a brilliant app. So if you haven't already, please do go and check it out. And uh, if you haven't already, download it now because halfway through this podcast, I will be revealing the next question uh, that we have asked you from Turfcast Podcast, which is already on the app now. It's already on the app. If you follow us on the social media channels, you will have seen us tweet and promote the, the question yesterday. Um, but yeah, it is already there. But before we get into the ALK takeover, obviously no game this weekend. The weekend just gone. Uh, we were meant to play Fulham, um, or Fulham, don't know why I said it like that, um, but obviously they had an outbreak of COVID-19 in their camp. Now, normally I'm very sympathetic for things like that, but when you saw the news that, was it Mitrovic went out with um, a Crystal Middle Palace uh, yeah, player on New Year's Day, or New Year's Eve, whenever it was, and had Mitrovic a bit of a out with Milovic. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's It's... I didn't really have too much sympathy, to be honest. Um, and I'm a little bit disappointed that the game were called off. Normally, if the game's called off, I'm like, it's one of the things you can't do a lot about it. But when they're doing things like that, because I know people will use the excuse, oh, well, they're both footballers, so they've both been tested and things like that. But then, obviously, you would presume that other people would be there, I guess, if they're having a party and, uh, and things like that. But what did you make of it? I'm on the sort of sympathetic side still. I think it's easy to be pissed off when it's affecting your team. And I think... 
we all wanted to play Fulham at that time. And let's be fair, Fulham aren't exactly shit as shit as they were. Let's put it that way. Not, let's say, not seeing them in form, but they're not as bad as they were. They've sort of found the feet a little bit more than they had. Hmm. So I don't think it was a guaranteed three points, but I do think that we wanted that game, especially after the Sheffield one, keep that momentum going. But it is just one of them things. I mean, more more people than not probably did have entertainment round or friends round or family round on the Christmas periods. And I think Millerboy, I don't actually know, I'm just guessing, but between, the simpler sounding names might be from the same country or the same neck of woods at least. Um, they, probably, they might not have other people around us. You know what I mean? They might be on their own over here. Might not have the family here. So they, that might have been just two friends who thought they were clear getting together and obviously aren't. But I don't know the, the full details. So I, I remain positive that they didn't know they were positive. <laughs> um, see, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm a little bit, like I said, I'm a bit annoyed about it. I just think that when you are a footballer, you have a certain level of responsibility um, to... to to set a good example, and especially when things like that, like I, I know I'm not I'm not saying he's done anything like you know criminal and things like that because we weren't even in lockdown at the time. It was just like the tier system; it wasn't ingrained into law like it has been since midnight last night that you have to stay at home uh, in the UK. Um, I don't know. I just I just feel, especially because the game got called off, um, and then it's easy to point at that. Um, I don't know. I feel like. There should definitely be tougher restrictions for footballers that break the rules anyway. And I know the Premier League have since come out and said um, it's up to the clubs if they want to impose tougher fines and things like that onto players. But I just think that's basically the Premier League coming up and saying, we're bottled jobs, we're not going to do anything about it. You can do what you want. It's up to the clubs um, to do it. Yeah, I think from my understanding that the clubs are... I mean, I'm not quite to speak on behalf of them. I don't know anyone at home. But... Um, I'm speaking sort of in general terms of what I'm hearing is the clubs are sort of putting more out there about lockdown three than they did lockdown one because in lockdown one it would just do as you want. We don't actually know what the plans are yet. We don't know if we're going back. Whereas I believe that they are saying, listen, sort of, you know, be careful this time because you will get bullets if you don't. Yeah, but it's one of them things, isn't it? Like it was so new to us at first, um, this lockdown malarkey. Uh, whereas now it's all ingrained into us all and uh, and things like that. So it's a little bit um, more under. Sorry, we've all got a little bit more of an understanding of, of what needs to be done and things like that now. But that's why we didn't play this weekend. And and as you said, I think you said we all wanted to play Fulham this weekend. I was a little bit yeah. in terms of the actual timing of the game. I was a little bit leaning on the side of, oh, well, yeah, it's called off now, but at least in two or three months, when or whenever they, they'll finally find somewhere to reschedule the game, Charlie Taylor will hopefully be back, Robbie Brady will be back, Ben May will be fighting full fitness, uh, and, and by then, you know what Burnley like in the second half of the season, we're probably winning every single week, so fingers crossed we're at that stage when we play Fulham. On that point, you know what I was thinking this weekend? I thought, all these fixtures, we've only just got the United game rearranged from the first game of the season. Yeah. Due to off clubs having sort of a run in the fixtures and them them in Europe and stuff, and then I thought, do you imagine if one club decides we can't play this FA Cup? What if one of them games this week is the FA Cup game between two Premier League teams, for example, that say, do you know what, we've got a COVID outbreak, we can't play. Where are they going to put that game? Where when they're going to put a third round in? Because you can't put a third round in in three and a half months like they've done with Man United game, and when the, the quarterfinals going on at the other side. Well, it's it's obviously it's a hypothetical situation, but didn't a lower league club again apart Yeah, didn't they have to forfeit a league cup game? Yeah. Mm. So I, I presume the FA Cup will be will be a similar sort of thing. Like the league games you can reschedule them, but FA Cup, like you say, if you have to wait six weeks, you're gonna be two rounds down the line. Work, so is it? so uh, you're, just, you're just gonna have to forfeit it, I presume. Yeah, I presume so as well. But uh, it was just it just dawned on me because of the United game, the FA Cup weekend it coinciding. And then um Interestingly, on that one, I'll, I'll put a thing. I, I actually thought, bastards Tottenham, making and forfeit it. Yeah, they'll let them go through. You don't even need that. Another bit final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, fair play to them. But, um, yeah, I thought it was tight as fuck making Leighton Orient come out because they need the money more than Spurs did. Yeah, well, it was one of them, like you say, it's um, a few rounds down the line. Um, and, you know, what are you actually going to do? I just, oh, I've just, I've only just found out that Man City won the game against Man United because you mentioned it then. So I thought, I'll just have a quick check while I'm on form while Simon waffles on. Uh, did, Man you watch City it? Versus Spurs. did you watch the Man United City game just before we get on to the next point? 
I watched the first half, but I was preparing for this in the second half, so I couldn't. Fair enough. Uh, what was the score then? I just know that City won, obviously. You just said yeah, they were they were winning one 0 when I last checked. Fair enough. Anyway, moving uh, on. It's, it's not a, it's not a fair enough. John Stones. John Stones. Fair enough. Well, while you check, um, I do quickly want to move on to the next thing, and it will be the main part of this podcast, obviously. Um, the takeover's gone through, as we've just mentioned. Burnley uh, now have a new chairman. Uh, big up two 0 Fernandinho. Fernandinho, fair enough. I'm sure uh, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, as I was saying, the takeover has now gone through. Um, big up Alan Pace. Shout out to Alan Pace actually, because he does follow Turfcast. He does follow Turfcast on uh, on uh, on Twitter. So so thank you for that, Alan. Thank you for the follow. Um, but yeah, shout out to him and shout out to the team for getting it done. Um, it's personally, I'm very excited about it. Um, and we will get your opinion, everybody's uh, opinion soon on that. Uh, but I'm very excited about it. And um, How yeah, first of all, though? very excited. First what's of all, what's up with your shoulder? What? What do you mean? What's up with your shoulder? shoulder? Oh, that, sorry, the American. Yeah, I don't, if you're watching, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice it straight away. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, head over to YouTube and have a quick look. Uh, I've got a little bit of a prop over my right shoulder. I just had to do that to see which one it were um, over my right shoulder. Um, which is a homage uh, to our new chairman, Alan Pace. And, uh, you know, what were it? I think I, think I said 4 99 earlier, you two off air, Simon. But thinking back now, I think it was 3 49 off Amazon. Absolute bargain. Look at that. Absolute bargain. And that is going to be in the background of all my videos for the foreseeable until we, you know, go on an absolute shit run or Alan Pace leaves or Pace and Dashie fall out. Then I'm, you know, I'm going to put it in. Bin. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, fingers crossed that won't happen because, as I've said, I am, of course, very excited about this takeover. Simon, um, what are your thoughts? Initial thoughts, before any of the stuff that's been said in the press conferences and things like that, your initial thoughts on the takeover when we found out the news last week that it had gone through? Well, I'm optimistic. I mean, I'm nervous because it is a gamble. Let's get that straight. This is not a guaranteed success. Just because there's more money going into it. We've seen it millions of times with other clubs where they plough money in it and it, it hasn't been a success. And that there's no guarantees that money will bring success. However, it does help. Um, but on that note, I don't think it, we can lose. And, and I, for, the reason for that is we've been on borrowed time probably before now, but we are definitely right this minute with this current squad on borrowed time in the Premier League. And if we are to go as with the current regime is we've probably only got 18 months in the Premier League before we're either out of it or facing relegation in the face so I think that yes it might not work instantly we might actually still get relegated in the near future to come back up but I don't think it's as big a gamble as other clubs have taken because I think we are at that we're not trying to push for Europe here we're trying to get sustainability first and then push for Europe afterwards You've yeah, seen it before enough. where little clubs have put a lot of money in it just because they're trying to get Europa and Champions League places. We're, we're just trying to sustain and grow. And that's my first sort of instance of it. I, I'm actually sort of excited for the chance now to, to put us footing in the Premier League and be taken a bit more seriously. Yeah, you know, I, I, I totally agree. I think obviously it's a bit of a risk, um, especially when... Um, They've borrowed money to buy the football club, but as we've said on another podcast, it just it's part and parcel of business. That's just what happens. Um, but obviously, Burnley Football Club has been a club that's been debt free for so long, so now fans are looking at that and going, "Oh, well, what's all this about?" But um, but aside from that, I, I I don't see it going wrong, honestly. And I know I'm putting my arse on a platter here, or could be putting my arse on a platter, um, but I I just can't see it going wrong. It. It just it, it, even it's like you say because of the way the, the position that we are in at the moment I just cannot unless he comes in and says right James Tarkovsky yeah all right you can leave uh, seen as you want to or wanted to um, but we're not going to bring anybody in um, and so and so's injured so and so Dasha yeah we're not going to buy anybody to, to replace all these players like you've asked because he, that's the only way it's going to going to go wrong but that's not going to happen you're not going to buy a football club and, and then just not do anything. You're not going to buy a football club and let it deteriorate. You have yourself got some money invested in that, yeah, so you yes. obviously want want it to do well. Um, and then just going back to some of the things that he's been saying on Twitter uh, and, and at his press conferences, um, he's not been saying anything uh, that would suggest that is the plan. Everything that he has said 
has been about backing the manager. Uh, I think a, a, a quote was a question was put to him this week in the press conference. Sean Dash has recently been very frustrated with um, incomings and the transfer spending and expenditure and things like that. Um, what are you going to do differently, sort of thing? And he just said, "Look, Sean Dash won't be frustrated under me." Um, he didn't, didn't say it in, in such a such a, a Lancastrian sort of like way of saying it, but that's basically the point of what he was saying. So. Originally, I was excited. Then he's come out and honestly, he said all the right things. And I know he's, again, he's a multi-millionaire businessman, so he knows what he's doing. You know, he's not an idiot, so he's going to say all the right things. But again, you just wouldn't invest in something, then say all them things and then not do it. So, yeah, just going back to his press conference, uh, I think it's fair to say that he's, he is definitely or has been saying all the right things so far. Yeah, it's um, going back to sort of like now where he's obviously done the press conference now and we, we've got a bit of personality behind because at the minute we've just been going on a bid uh you know we could have potentially had a different owner two weeks ago we that's how little we knew and yeah. then now we've got a personality to put to this bidding war and i feel i'm not saying confident in him because i think that it's all right say every every chairman and every manager and every player comes here to every club and promises you we are going to bring success and he can't not the three clubs have to be relegated and X, Y, and Z every single year. So I'm not saying I'm confident in him, but he, he ticks the right boxes. Now it's whether he can do it and whether he can actually run an infrastructure and create a brand. And that's my exciting thing because I'm into stuff like that, as you know. But brand and marketing and, and taking us to a level where you might see someone who's never stepped foot in Burnley wearing a Burnley shirt. That's yeah. the kind of thing that excites me. And like we watch MLS because we, we like the brand of MLS. Yeah. Not because we actually want to watch Americans play footy, it's because of the branding of it, it enticed us. And then I want to see that at the other side of the pond towards us. Yeah, totally. Me and you obviously go on about this all the time in person when we can see each other in person and, of course, on the podcast. And people will know that me and you both feel that the club do not do anywhere near enough in terms of marketing. Like, Just even the slightest things like like the actual press conference itself when it was live not being available on all these specific platforms like just little things like that and I know people say oh well I pay for Clarets Plus sort of thing that's not the point I'm making I'd, if you make a, a, such a big interview such a big press conference that will be watched on both sides of the pond like people in Salt Lake or wherever it is who know him really really well and, and things like that they'll have all wanted to watch it so if you'd have streamed it live on YouTube and Facebook just imagine how the reach that that could have got and then all all of that goes then to all these other people who, who have never heard of Burnley Football Club before who then start looking out for the results because they're American and, and they've got that um, way into Burnley Football Club now through Alan Pace. like I said people from Salt Lake and, and any other connections that he may have because obviously I don't know everything he's done in the past, but just little things like that. So, yeah, it is interesting to see that he did make a comment about that, didn't he? He did say, like, look, I, I want to improve uh, the marketing and things like that. So that is one thing that I'm excited to see as well. 100%. Why, why you put the first meeting, proper meeting, with your chairman behind a paywall? I mean, I, I've, got the, I've got the service and I'm still whinging about it, but why you put it behind a paywall is baffling. It's not. This is not extra content. This is basic level shit. Do you know what I mean? Back in the day when we were kids, fans were invited to the first chairman sort of thing. You know, like the supporters clubs would have been able to send somebody like yourself, yeah. like Boundary Clarets, X, X, Y and Z, would have all had somebody representing the fans in front of him to ask questions face to face. And this one's put behind a paywall um, in in the climate that we're in, where we can't go and see and we can't get all the press there, that is, I just think it's daft, man. I just think it's old school. It's 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 short sighted. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's short sighted. It's a short sighted mentality, and it's it's the case of right. If we put this behind that paywall, we we might get like another two hundred subscribers now, and that's yeah. like this this that's like this amount of money, and and that's all they're bothered about. And people will say like, oh, I saw, I saw someone tweet this week saying, I understand why it's behind the paywall because the revenue the paywall makes is an important source of income for the club. Like, no, it isn't. They're a multi-million pound Premier League company. They will not make that much money compared to all the other stuff that they, that they get from that paywall. Now, imagine all the money that's already coming in from people going on games, well, not going on games at the minute, but you know what I mean, from the fans. Now, imagine that if that we we had more fans because we were more accessible to places 
like Salt Lake, and I'm sorry to keep using that example, it's the only one I could think of because obviously he had shares or has shares uh, in real Salt Lake, I think it were. Uh, I might be wrong on that one, apologies if I am, but just things like that. And, and, and then you can just, you can have more people buying your stuff, more people aware of Burnley Football Club, then you become a bigger brand, then more money comes in. And it's just, like you said, it well, is this, this is it. And this is what's exciting. And this is what we want to do. We won't want to get too caught up because I could go on for another 10 minutes now about how I would have done it differently. So let's hope that this is the start of it. Um, and the fact, and it's on YouTube for free now anyway. Um, again, I don't understand why you would... Yeah, if you're going to put it on YouTube for free in the end, put it on YouTube live and, and live yeah. on Facebook and things like that. It's just so easy to do that and it annoys me how, how they don't... Um, but it's one of them, like, the, the, the hysteria behind the interviews all died down now. Like, I personally didn't watch all of it. I went on it on YouTube a little bit, skipped through it, saw some bits. But if, I, if, if it was available live on YouTube, I would have watched, would have watched it. it. Yeah, there, pretty much the majority of it. But I know a lot of people don't have Clarets Plus. I don't have it. Um, it's because of, I disagree with the fact that it, I don't think it should be behind a paywall. I don't think the club's content should be behind a paywall. I think it should be available and, and for the exact reasons I've just said. Um so we'll have a look at some of the other stuff he did say in the press conference because he pretty much said the right thing pretty much all the way through it. Um, now, before I do this, I just want to give a big shout-out to George Poole on Twitter. Now, uh, George is from uh, the dark side. He's a known never podcaster. Uh, no, I'm obviously joking. Um, big friends with known never here at Turfcast. Um, but what he, George did a brilliant thread on Twitter of, of all the things that um, Alan Pace was talking about and all the things that um, he was asked and things like that on on Twitter. So if you want to go and check that out, just type in George Poole um, on Twitter and you should find it. He's at is George Puddle. Um, so I'm not sure if his last name is Poole or Puddle, um, but there you go. Um, but there you go. If you want to check it out, that's where it is. Um, but yeah, he. Um, I want to go into his meeting as well. Because um, he had a meeting with Dash, didn't he? Uh, him and Dash were going to talk about um, transfer targets and things like that, and, and see where he's at and, and blah blah blah. Um, but he, in his press conference, Alan Pace did say the meeting with Dash went well. He says there's a big difference between his relationship with Dash and the relationship between the previous chairman's relationship with Dash. Um, is that Daesh knows he has the chairman's full support, whereas Daesh had to guess about that. So I read that a little bit wrong, I apologise, so I'll, I'll just repeat it. Um, Alan Pace said his meeting with Daesh went well, and he said that the big difference between the relationship between Daesh and the relationship between the previous... Basically, it's the way George has written it, um, Daesh knows his relationship with Alan Pace is going to be a good one because he knows where he stands with him, whereas with Garlic, he didn't know where he stands. So again, that's a positive. Yeah, he's, um, I like George, Bill. He's, he's, he's on the ball with it as well. But yeah, so big shout out to him. Um, the relationship is important because I'm sick to death of hearing Dash whinge about yeah, things I like am. that on the press, to be fair. I don't think it's... it's, it, it's my it, least just, favorite, it doesn't help, does it? Of course it doesn't. It's like, my least favourite side of Dash. Yeah. Let's put it that way. There's not many I don't, things I don't like about him, to be honest with you. There's probably, well, probably the only one, but it's my least favourite... <laughs> Thing about him uh, and not making subs, but uh, <laughs> he he needs to have a relationship. This needs to move forward. It needs to be progressive. And at the end of the day, uh, who was it that said it? It was Simon Jordan on Talksport, oh. and he made the reference of not saying Dash does, but look, I'm just saying that he made the reference of that managers sometimes forget their place. They think they own the club. They think they run the club. And Dash possibly did run the club, and he probably did own majority of the respect of the club, but. He needs to know that that's his employer. And Dash is probably looking for guidance. He's probably looking for somebody to say, yeah, yeah, here's 80 million to spend next summer. He probably yeah. looked for that thing. And at the minute, he's not got that. So it's all right. Simon Jordan was referencing people not knowing their place. But I think he didn't know his place because there was no guidance there. And it's important to get that progression this time and get moving forward and understanding each other. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, continuing to read from George's thread. Um Pace said that transfers, which is obviously a massive thing, um, are going to stay fairly consistent for now. And by that, I don't think he means absolutely non-existent. Um, but he says, Daesh can move quicker in the transfer window now. He stresses the importance on moving quicker in the window with more support over a bigger checkbook being available. Um, over just, sorry, a bigger checkbook being available. So he obviously wants us to move faster and better in the transfer market, not just, not just doing what we did and, and probably bringing players in on the, on the last day of the season or 
uh, last day of the season, sorry, last day of the window and things like that. So again, encouraging signs that he looks like he wants to get things done and he wants to get things done quickly in, in the transfer market. Yeah, it's massively important for me. I, I think that the day of the last day of the transfer deadline is a negative. I think it drives price up, it drives panic. Yeah, of course. Uh, and also, if you lose a player in that time, it's even worse. I'm, I'm just talking on the buying a player. So I think get your shit done early, get the price that's right, and stop leaving it. My, my thing with Burnley is if you, how many players, in the, I can't think of names exactly, but how many players, it's happened loads of times where we've left it, left it, left it, decided to put a £7 million offer in, and then every other club's come in and put £15 million in. Yeah, well, because look, at, that, look at Cash, look at yeah. uh, the other lad who's gone to Forest as well, playing up front. It just happens all the time. It just happens all the time. Exactly. So get your shit done, get it in early, get the right prices in. Because it's not going to happen. These under, you're not going to get Premier League quality under 10 million unless you're very lucky these days. You know what I mean? It's just just get your prices in. If it's 15 million, unfortunately, it's 15 million. But staying in the Premier League is a lot more than that. And I'd like to see it. And January is a different window. January yeah, it's is a difficult a window, window, is January. Yeah. It's a panic window. So. You might pay a little bit more in January, but if you're not prepared to pay that, just, you'll have to wait till summer. You can't just put stupid bids in because it's not going to work anyway. And all it does is it kickstarts everybody else to put their bids in. Yeah, well, he does say um, in terms of the short-term ambition um, is a little bit different to the long-term ambition. I presume this is referring to Windows as well, but he said the short-term aim is to deliver a good job in this transfer window and to yep. stay up. That, to me, suggests that people are going to be coming in in this transfer window, but I wouldn't be expecting £50 million players to be coming in. I think it's a case of identifying a couple of weak spots in the squad or a couple of bits where we don't have as much depth. Um, right midfield, obviously being the perfect one, and left midfield, uh, pretty much the entire midfield, um, where we don't have that much depth. Mind you, the centre midfield's all right these days. Now uh, uh, Benson and... and um, Brownell are doing really well, and Stevens as well, of course. Yeah, I forgot about him. So, so the wingers, I would, I would presume, and maybe someone up front. Um, so that to me suggests that somebody is going to come in in this transfer window, maybe a couple of players. But with what he's just said already about the transfer window, like I've just said, he's not going to be expecting to bring someone of multi-million pounds in. It's probably going to be a decent Championship player or an older, experienced player in on loan from a, a, a hopefully a top six club. It could be however you interpret it. I mean, it could be saying, listen, we might spend a lot this January to stay up. We might spend, you know, more than we will do in normal. We might go for more investments in summer by buying in, you said, your championship players and, and, and letting them embed themselves into the, uh, the club instead of forcing them in. But it depends how you interpret it. He might think, we don't know what he thinks is needed for survival. And he might go out and say, here's two £25 million players. I don't think he will, presumably, say but he might do that, two twenty-five million pound players, but don't expect that to be the common starting point. He might be meaning that, or he might be meaning exactly what you said. He, we really don't know, and, and it's exciting, though. It's a good. Yeah, true. It, that, that that is a very good way of doing it. It, 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 it. I have interpreted it of a case of all right. Well, I've just come in now. Just relax, yeah, let me bring somebody. But he might be like, hold on a second. No, there's eight hundred million pounds, but don't expect this every summer. Um, yeah. So yeah, exciting, really, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. We've never been in this position before, and you know, I, I, from we're going back from being owned, owned by everyone local, you know, from a from the butchers to to you know Kilby. Let's let's go back to Kilby. I, I like it's all right looking at you know garlic at minute, but I'm a ma massive fan of Kilby's regime and and what he did, and and to be where we're at now, it's a new start, and it's it's progression, and it's innovation, and it's everything exciting that you need to do because otherwise you go backwards. Yeah, definitely, and I don't think I've had a chance to do it yet on a podcast because um, the like I said, the timing of the takeover of men that we didn't get to talk about anything about takeovers last week, but. Barry Kilby has officially left the board of directors now, so he just officially has uh, has nothing to do with Burnley Football Club in that sense. So I think it'd be good for us to place our thanks on record to Barry Kilby yeah. for everything that he did, not just as chairman, but also on the board of directors uh, and and probably giving Garlic a helping hand and, and John B well, when yeah. they first took over from him. And they're going to do now the next phase, exactly, and hopefully yeah. we, we keep that tradition and we keep that local theme within because... You know, you can bring somebody from outside and, and make them local, but you can't. You can't just bring a full team of outsiders in and expect them to understand. 
um, how, how we run. So if we can keep spoon feeding it and bringing them in progressively, I think it would be a nice way to do it. Let's put it this way. There's there's not many English owners in the Premier League, so it can be done. Yeah, of course it can. Um, some of the other things he said, he says he wants us to become a more ambitious club. Now, this is something that frustrates me time and time again. I, I do not feel the club and the fans. So if you're listening to this, this is you include you included. Like, just go back to last season, for example. Everyone was like, do you want to f- finish at Europa League or do you want to finish eighth? The majority of Burnley fans are saying, ah, forget Europa League. Just just stay up. Just make sure we're at Premier League and that every season. I'll be happy with that. No, that's the wrong attitude. And that is not necessarily the person's fault who's saying it. It's just because that's just ingrained into us as Burnley fans. It's just the way it is. We are not and I'm bit, I just talk to like the difference between us and Leeds fans, for example. And I know they're, they're a, a very extreme example because the majority of them are Bellins. Now I'm joking, obviously. Yeah, but but it's like it's what's the word? Delusions of grandeur. Now I don't want us to have. I don't want us to be like that because that's just ridiculously annoying. But they they have they it's ingrained into them as Leeds fans from a very early age that they are massive. They are a big club. They can go and achieve massive things. Um, but to us, it's not. It's like, oh, we're Burnley. We should just be happy to be here. We should be happy to be in the Premier League. Oh, we're a mid-table championship club at best. So that's that's what annoys me. So I'm, I'm, glad, he's, I'm glad he said that. He wants us to become a more ambitious club um, and the building blocks for that are already in place. He says if he's lucky enough to be here in 20 years, then the ambitions of the club will be far different than today. And that is what I want to hear. That is the thing I want. I want Burnley fans to be, yeah, we can win the FA Cup. Why can't we win the FA Cup? Yeah, we deserve to be beating Man United at Old Trafford. And again, going back to the Man United at Old Trafford game, do you remember on way home when that guy rang Talksport and he was like, I'm just happy with it. Premier League, mate. Get a grip, man. This is what this is what annoys me. So yeah, that's good to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, we, we, I've used this example last week, but when Leeds get turned over against Man United, it's, look how good Leeds played. They got absolutely spanked yeah, yeah. and Burnley beat Man United and it's Man United lose. And that yeah. is because we let them open them doors because that sells more papers. And so they're going to write the titles that sell more. And if we all, sort of like you said, des- tell everybody we deserve to be here. We want to move forward. We're a Premier League club now for, you know, what is it, three years on the fourth, fourth season now on the trot? And, uh, fourth, yeah, fourth or fifth. Yeah, fourth season on the trot now. And then... That's established nowadays, and I think we deserve more respect, and we owe it to ourselves to make them see that because we we just make it too easy for the media. Yeah. Um, he, another thing that I really enjoyed what he said. Um, I I feel like the reason why we are seen as this this small tin pot club isn't because of the fans and and the way that we speak, and it isn't because um, you know we've only been in the Premier League for four years, um, and well, uh, things like that. It's it's for me, it's a stadium. It's the way the stadium looks because people see Watford as a bigger club than Burnley and Brighton as a bigger club than Burnley and Uddersfield and, and Palace and things like that. Like Palace, they've never won anything. They've never won anything in their, in their history. And I'm sure Owen, the Everton fan or one of the Palace fans that listens, I know there's a couple of Palace fans that listens that all tell me they've won something like a long, long time ago and apologies if I've got it wrong. But in my head, they've won nothing. The same with Brighton. But because Brighton have got a big swanky new stadium and same with Palace, well, it's not swanky new, but it's bigger and excuse me, in their case, they're from London, so that helps massively. People see them as bigger clubs. Now, the problem with that I have is, I'm here preaching about the turf and saying it needs to look better. I don't necessarily think it needs to be bigger. I think it needs to look better. Um, I do not want to leave the turf. I would not want to go to, like, Network 65, just off the business park, just off the M65, and demolish it and build a brand new turf. I'd, I'd hate nothing more than that. I'd rather stay where we are. But the turf more for me needs redeveloping, and I said it on Twitter this week, and I got shot down by a couple of people. It might not be a viable option, but I said it because I remember a few years ago we tried to make Burnley Cricket Club move onto fully Drek. Now I believe Burnley Cricket Club were up for it at the time, um, but the residents around fully Drek weren't. So then the council pulled the plug on the deal. Yeah, um, and that would have been massive for us. Imagine all that space we'd have had behind the cricket field and that have all belonged to Burnley Football Club and there's all them 
sort of like residential homes and, and things after, after there as well. And, and eventually, I'm not saying like, kick everyone out of their houses and stuff, but eventually, you know, there's all that room that, that, that could be used. Um, and I think I think that's what I'd like to do. Obviously, the short term, I'm not saying knock homes down when people are in them, but we could move the cricket club. But like I said, people shot me down on it this week and said that would mean, why should Burnley Cricket Club move and things like that? And I respect that. Obviously, there is that side of the argument. I'm just saying in a hypothetical situation, I would love it if we could move Burnley Cricket Club and expand into that space. Because what Pace did say... Um, he says there are definitely improvements that can be made with the stadium uh, but stresses the importance of the fan experience being improved there are improvements to be had uh, but it appeared uh, as though it was more of a long term ambition uh, says George, that's George's opinion on, on, it, on his thread because I'm still reading from there but for me that's what I'd do I'd, the fan experience for example like, don't get me wrong, I know they try hard and things and, and I fully respect that like, they didn't have to set up the fan park um, and things like that, that wasn't there you know what, 10 years ago, and I'm glad it is there now because when we do get to go to the game, that is what I do. I go to the fan park, I'll nine times out of ten, I'll meet you, and I'll watch the early game on kickoff there, then meet me down on the corner and, and go on the game. Um, so I am glad that fan, fan park is there, but it, it could be a lot better, couldn't it? Like, and we, I know we use Man City as an example, um, and Man City's a, a, a tough example to use in terms of comparison to Burnley because also they have so much more money and, and so much bigger. But when we went to the Etihad a few seasons ago, they had such an amazing sort of like fan park, didn't they? Like they had uh, yeah. a, a, an outdoor football pitch there with like fence round it. They had a band on. They had interviews, like a massive screen and someone on stage chatting. And, and that's obviously Burnley, Man City. I, I know that. That's not what I'm saying. But we could tech things like that. Why don't you get somewhere for the kids to play football and have like a, a couple of stewards out there making sure it's not, you know, no little uh, kiddie farts break out. Uh, why don't we have a, a, a mini sort of like, uh, well, I know we have the little 2BR tent and stuff, but like a, a better sort of experience of that, like have a stage, you know, have people being interviewed on there, not just 2BR blasting out but he, some, you know, ridiculous tune from 19, yeah. Yeah, 1960s. <laughs> no. 2BR doesn't even exist anymore, does it? So what even would it be now? I don't know. But um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them. But, I but I, it's, good to, it's good to see him say that, definitely, because I think the fan experience could definitely be improved. I'd agree. And, and I, I know the stadium um, manager, and we had a few meetings when I were in the disability thing, and he used to say to me all the time about like, wanting to improve that. And he was like wanting two screens instead of only got one, I know that much, but he wanted yeah. two screens. And he wanted all this sort of, these ideas. And, and I thought, I'd just presume the money wasn't there because every time I spoke to him, it, it was happening and then it just never happened. So I presume... Maybe now, if he says, I want a second screen in that corner and I want wacky inflatable arm flailing two men behind the goal every time we score and I want pyrotechnics, it, it'd probably get a tick to yeah. to make it that way. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go full NFL on it, but it'd be cool to get some of that shit over here, I must admit. Yeah, definitely. I, I just I, I just think certain things like the half-time, I nearly said half-time show, but the, the half-time experience that... Going back to the games, I can't remember. We didn't do anything, did we? Like, going back to recent games, I know it's ne nearly been a year now since we've been on a game, so apologies if my memory's again wrong. But I don't remember us having pretty much anything for half-time apart from Townley Year 7s against Gawthorpe Year 7s on pitch in Jimmy Mac Corner. You know what I mean? What's that? No, I don't want to watch that. But I did find myself watching it, eating a Mars bar, because I don't know else better to do. But someone tweeted it recently, bring pie and peas back. And I disagree with that. I think bring sumos back. Do you remember the sumos? They were class. But we had so much better things back in the day for half time. And, and that's another thing that could be improved. I used to love it when they had that Bertie versus Deepdale Duck assault course. Yeah, yeah, that was class, that, wasn't it? I remember that. Bring that back. Bertie, get their mascots up here and have a race against Bertie. Yeah, that'd be class. A, a weekly mascot in the Premier League as well. Can you imagine seeing that West Ham hammer uh, running after Bertie? Um, Where, just... What about West Brom's boiler? Oh, God, yeah. Well, did that, is that still going? Or that, yeah, it's well, just been a sponsorship for a week. It is a it? sponsorship thing. I don't think it's their actual sponsor, but he walked around for a few games, didn't it? Yeah, I do remember it uh, a little bit. Actual mascot, though. Yeah. Um, an interesting one. Uh, he was asked about staying in the Premier League this season. He says, of course, it is important, but stresses that it is not essential. Uh, he says, going to the Championship can be like going to make an artsy movie sometimes. Um, and then George gives his opinion after that. I'm going to read it out, but I'll leave that one. I'll leave that one for the known and never boys. I don't want to take everything from them. Um, but yeah, and girls, obviously. Shout out to Natalie. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to sort of like see him not... It's, obviously, we all want to stay up, don't get me wrong. 
Um, but it also that to me suggests that if we do go down, he's not going to panic, which is which is also a good thing. Yeah, it shows that he's understanding of where we are and what we're about. For me, that says. I think he's he's not coming in here to turn to do a flip and and you know put two hundred million in, keep us up, probably finish tenth and then earn a bit of money on it. I don't think he's in here for the quick turnaround. I think he's here for the longevity, and I think that just states it for me. That makes it clear that he knows that there's a risk of it and he's prepared yeah. for it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I just want to go back to something we were talking about earlier because I've just seen a, um, a, a, a what's the word a tweet on George's thread. Um, we spoke about Garlic and John B staying on the board of directors and, and sort of like advising um, Alan on, on the club and things like that and, and we said it was good to see but he, he has shared his uh, thoughts on that. He says it's crucial to have advice on the board. Uh, they have put the building blocks in place for him to do that and he says um, if he comes in with a new slate it would just be easy for them to make stupid decisions. Or obviously not intentionally <laughs> I would presume but he could easily make decisions that don't reflect the club, don't reflect the community, which is obviously both a massive part of this football club. So it is good to see that he's um, keeping them on board, but we have already said that, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, just going through the thread again, uh, one more thing um, that I found interesting, um, and this is probably something that won't happen uh, for a while, I would presume, but it's something that I've wanted us to do uh, for quite a while. And I think we dabbled in it before, um, but he did say uh, he doesn't want to share too much. <coughs> excuse me. He doesn't want to share too much information about it now uh, because it's very early days. But ideally, they want a partner club um, within Europe. Um, in that, in what manner that is, George says he didn't say, uh, but hinted at a Chelsea um, sort of like uh, agreement that they have with other clubs, um, and it, it stresses the importance of player development. So I presume that'll be something where we bring a player in like Ben Gibson. He isn't getting game time. So we send him on loan to, to another club. I think I, I had Matty Lawton on the podcast uh, last year and he was sent out to, I think it was Rapid Vienna on loan. Apologies if I got that wrong. I can't remember exactly what it is. And that's because him and Villa had a partnership. Them and Villa had a partnership. I don't think it was there. I think it was a team I don't think I've ever heard of. Now you mention it, I think, I think it was a team I hadn't heard of. Yeah, I don't think it was as big as Rapid Vienna, but I do think that when I listened to his interview... There was a few factors in there. The two main factors were that if we can get a player in that isn't quite ready yet, but we he wants to play football, then we have an option to give him um, to keep him happy whilst we develop the player. Secondly, to that, I spoke about Brexit um, yeah. and importing of players need to find other avenues sometimes to do that nowadays. And basically, like get work permits, might need to play in Spain for a year before they can. Yeah. I mean, for example, so I think that that probably goes to out of Europe players. So whether that's Americans, Africa, uh, Australia, China as a big market now. The China were mentioned in the interview as well. So yeah, it's it's good to see these sort of things mentioned, isn't it? Like, I don't think I've ever heard the word China mentioned in a Burnley uh, press conference before. So that just already shows that we're expanding our our market and things like that. But that's pretty much it for the Alan Pace part of uh, the press conference. But just before we do wrap it up. Um, what were your thoughts on the press conference then as a whole? I know we've just gone through it there, but again, he just said pretty much all the right things. And and, and it's easy just to sit there and say, oh, he's saying it all right. But obviously, we at Turfcast pride ourselves in being able to criticise things and the club like we just have done in certain aspects uh, when we don't think they're getting it right. So um, you know that we would say that if we felt that he was being a little bit eccentric, being a bit overambitious. Um, but I think he's coming across really well so far. He's come across a very likeable, sort of looks like a normal human being that's just done well for himself, successful in what he does, doesn't look uppity or above his station, isn't coming in here telling us what to do, almost saying that he wants to learn how we do it and then help us get further. I mean, he said everything right. The the, the proof is in the pudding now because he, he's put himself on a good foundation. Yeah, well, um, just a reminder before we do move on, um, the new question, the new Fantown question is on the um, Pitch Sport app now. If you want to pause the podcast, please feel free, head over to the Pitch Sport app, answer the question and let me know whether you are excited or nervous 
about the ALK takeover. Um, but it's happened. Alan Pace is our new chairman. It's official. He's the chairman of Burnley Football Club. Um, now, a uh, small matter of an FA Cup third round tie at Turf Moor this weekend. We are playing MK Dons. I've already been on the MK1 podcast, so you can catch it tomorrow morning, I think, um, on your... Well, be today for you boys, won't it? If you're listening on Thursday, you can catch it now. Um, it's available on uh, on iTunes and things like that, so please go and check it out where I speak to an MK Dons fan who is feeling quite confident. Um uh, for whatever reason, uh, he, he went. Uh, he mentioned that, that our pitch is good, a good pitch, and he thinks that that will help them because most pitches in League One are dreadful, and they try and play attractive football. Um, now they're not doing too well in the league this season. They're not like knocking on the other players or anything. I think they're in sixteenth. Um, so for me, I, it's one of them. I, I know we'll. I know we'll change the team around. I know we'll probably have Kevin Long. Um, and uh, Bailey and um, Jimmy Dunn, um, maybe Benson, yeah, in the middle, maybe Glennon, oh, yeah, is uh, Vidra maybe if his back's if his back problem, um, we'll get it again. I don't know if that's a real back problem or, or he just wants out because it came, the back problem didn't come too long after his agent's whinge uh, in the media, but that's another debate that we'll have maybe another time. Um, so we'll change it up a lot. But with full respect to MK Dons, we should be in a position where our B team should comfortably beat a League One side at 16th in the league. But are we in that position at the minute because the squad has been not invested in that heavily in recent years? Is our B team strong enough to beat MK Dons? What are your thoughts on the upcoming game? An actual 11 versus 11, B versus A, definitely not good enough. But our B team is half of an A team anyway. You know, your strikers... Your strikers are your first choice. Um, your your centre back will be Tarky, I imagine, um, and then you're probably going to play a Corky if he's fit, a West there um, in midfield. So we, you know, there is a half of an A team. So yeah, I do think that it, it's more than capable of beating MK Dons. In fact, I, I dare say it should be a three three niller plus. However, I think we said that before the Barnsley game last season. Didn't we? However, experience tells me. That we are going out one nil via a penalty, um, and then they'll play Blackburn in next round or something like that. It, it, it's just the way the RFA Cup life has been since Spurs. What were it? No, that was League Cup, weren't it? We were the, when were the FA Cup one? We did right well, we were in Derby County and all them like Christmas. I remember that. That were good. And then we get beat uh, on Watford in quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. That were it. Uh, played Coventry on that route as well, if I remember rightly, I think. Uh, yeah, we did. I went to Harfield Road and watched us beat Coventry in that cup run. Yeah, uh, fantastic. That, you know, them days unless made me... The, unless, no, actually, I I'm, I'm remembering. I don't think that's the same year. It might be. Uh, but I don't think that's the same year. But yeah, they were Watford who beat us. I always remember him scoring a brilliant free kick. I can't remember who scored it, but they scored a brilliant free kick to either make it 1-0 or 2-0. And I remember I just... Yeah, and I just remember just... Thinking, ah, oh, that's it now. I, would I got that. I, went, I got to Watford. Didn't make it to a match. You break a bone by any chance? I'm in MLM still hospital, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't get to a match. What it brought me off, snapped it. But uh, yeah, but them days made me the Burnley fan I am today. Them cup mm. runs, that excitement, that sort of buzz about the town and the club and the the media and everything because we were lower leagues then. Uh, you know the third tier at one when I started seeing us on his first cup runs, yeah, and that was buzzing. That was so good to see. And now we're in the Premier League. You think, well, well, we always play the big teams now. Yeah, we do. But we could actually go on and win a cup if we took it seriously. If we had the investments in as B team as we're calling it, we could we could be pushing. I'm not saying we should win it, but we could be pushing to try and win it to get yeah. the quarter semi-finals, get that excitement back. Uh, Brentford have just done it. Just going to say, Brentford just got to the semi-final at League Cup. So, I think the problem is now with the cups is there's this thing that the big six don't take it seriously, but they do. If you look at the last winners of both um, cups, the last like ten winners, I think there's only Swansea in in the last um, ten years that ain't a big six club that's won it, or a certain amount of years anyway. Again, don't quote me on that, but. But again, even the year that Swansea won it, they beat Bradford in the final. So you know what I mean? It's just there were two clubs there that that that, that, that were lower leagues. I think Swansea were in, well, no, Swansea were a Premier League type team at the time, but they weren't a good Premier League team. And obviously Bradford were in League Two. Um, but it's we, we should be at least 
getting to fifth round quarterfinals. You know what I mean? But we're not. Yeah, it's, that's it's, not every point. single we're, we're, season, it's third round. Maybe winning it is being ridiculous, but we should be definitely having a run every season where you tease yourself, thinking, fucking hell, we're doing well this year, might win it. Yeah. And then we're out, you know, but we're not even getting that. We're not even getting the build-up. No, fingers crossed we can do it this this weekend. Though, um, quick last score prediction then for the MK Dons game. Three 0 Bill. You got even though you've just said I know it won't happen. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going similar to last season. We'll 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 make it hard, but we'll get through, and then probably get Man City in next round as a tech piss. But um, I'm going one 0 Burnley, a late goal when we're all thinking off. Oh, Apologies, I just dropped something. Thinking, oh, fuck's sake, here we go. Um, but yeah, uh, fingers crossed we can get it done. Um, but yeah, that's it. Unless there's anything you want to add? No, I'm good, thanks. But yeah, thanks for having me. Exciting times. Exciting. Welcome to the Yanks. Welcome to Alan Pace. Thank you very much. Yeah, definitely. So that's it from me. Uh, that's it from Simon as well. If you want to, um, if you're listening on the podcast and you want to watch it on YouTube, please feel free to head over and, uh, and follow us on YouTube. It's just Turfcast Podcast on YouTube, Turfcast Podcast on Facebook if you want to follow us on there, Turfcast Podcast on Instagram, and Turfcast Podcast, of course, on Twitter. They are all on the bottom of your screen now if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, but thanks, and we will see you. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do a watch along for the FA Cup because it's the FA Cup. Um, so we'll see you. Well, Sam has put his fingers up so he's nailed his colours to the mast. We might get a, a watch along B team in. Kieran Phillips, if you're listening, you can do it with all your mates. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, um, now, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you can do I gotta give a shout out. Go on. Um, I got a, <laughs> I got a text. I don't even think he's a Burnley fan. I'm not gonna lie. Let me just. Um, he basically he walks his dog, um, and he basically said that he listens to the podcast uh, and he actually really enjoys it. But he's not a Burnley fan, so shout out to Jason Young. Uh, he, he messaged me saying he listens to it on his dog walk. So I said I give him a shout out. Who does he support? Who does he support? Oh, I'm sure he's from Dow South somewhere, but um, I think he's Summit Daft. I think he's a Spurs fan, you know. Summit Daft. Summit Daft, like a Spurs fan. Yeah, Summit Daft. I can't remember now. He did tell me, though. He has told me, but apologies if I've forgotten. However, shout out because he listens to us just because he credits his haircut with me, but he's, he's, he said he enjoys it now, so he listens to it on his dog walks. Right, well, there you go. Shout out to, to Jason Young if you're listening, uh, which apparently you are. Um, but there's a few people that aren't Burnley fans that listen. I know I mentioned Owen a few times. I've already met, mentioned him in this podcast. He's an Everton fan. He listens. I know there's a Crystal Palace fan that listens. Um, and there's been some others that have dipped in, in and out. I remember a Watford fan listening for a little bit and things like that. So it's good to see. It's all about the football community, though, isn't it? And, and things like that. Yeah. I have listened to a Sunderland podcast before. I've listened to a Watford podcast uh, an Everton one uh, and things like that so it is good to see uh, but yeah that's it from me that's it from Simon and if we don't see if it watch along um, in fact Super I've just remembered I'm doing a what's it called uh, match preview I will be doing a match preview for the MK Dons game so you will see me uh, for the match preview probably available on Friday night uh, on the on the the Facebooks and the YouTubes um, so yeah look out for that but we probably won't be doing a watch along I'm not going to lie um, so if we don't see you for that and you don't join us for the match preview, is what I meant to say, not match reaction, match preview, um, then we'll see you for the podcast next week on Thursday. Same time, same place. We'll see you there. Network.